0: coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casinos home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus before the godfather came out in 1972 the gangster genre chiefly associated with Jimmy Cagney and the film noir style of the 40s and 50s, had been in something of a decline. It was, therefore, a brave move for Francis Ford Coppola to attempt a three hour epic based upon the family life of a mafia Don. The film opens in the immediate postwar period with the wedding of the daughter of Don Vito Corleone. Scenes of the wedding are intercut with scenes showing Don Vito himself in his study granting favors and dispensing a crude form of justice as though he were an absolute monarch. We soon learn, however, that times are changing, even in the world of organized crime. Don Vito's empire has been based upon gambling, illicit liquor sales and prostitution. Other mafia families, however, are eager for the profits to be made from drugs, and Corleone receives a proposal from a drug dealer named Salazzo that the Corleone clan should join him in exploiting the narcotics market. Corleone refuses, ostensibly for business reasons, but it is made clear that his real objections to narcotics derive from his personal code of honor. Salazzo, offended, orders an attempt to be made on Corleone's life. This fails, but Corleone is left seriously injured. The focus now shifts to the younger generation. Don Vito has three sons, Santino, Sonny, Fredo and Michael, and an adopted son, Tom Hagen. These four have contrasting characters. Sonny is hot-headed and impetuous, Fredo weak, Tom cautious and moderate. Michael, the youngest, loves his family, but initially wants to play no part in their criminal enterprises. Recently returned from the war, his ambitions are to qualify as a lawyer and to settle down in a respectable life with his Anglo-Saxon wife-to-be, K. The attempt on his father's life, however, persuades Michael that his first loyalty is to the family, and he agrees to be part of a revenge attack on Salazzo and Captain McCluskey, the corrupt policeman who is on his payroll. There follows a brutal cycle of revenge, as each killing is avenged by another murder. The film's emphasis on family ties, honor and vengeance recall the revenger's tragedies of the Shakespearean and Jacobean theater. Coppola does seem to be aiming for a Shakespearean grandeur. Don Vito, the aging monarch whose powers slip away is reminiscent of King Lear, Michael, a good man corrupted by power, of Macbeth, a comparison which will become even more apt in the later episodes of the trilogy. There is also something of Hamlet in Michael and Sonny's resolve to avenge their father. Such an ambitious film requires acting of a very high order if it is to seem credible, but Coppola was able to draw upon some of the best performances of the 70s. To my mind, this was Marlon Brando's last great role I have never cared much for. Apocalypse Now, and loathed, last tango in Paris's, but it was one that he made the most of. His Don Vito is both terrifying and pitiable, part dictator and part lonely old man. His rasping voice, the result of an earlier bullet wound in the throat conveys both menace and physical weakness. Don Vito may be a bad man, but he is also in a way a magnificent one, and his passing marks the end of an era. If the film was notable for The Last of the Great Brando, it also saw the birth of a new star. Except perhaps for The Godfather Part 2, I have never seen Al Pacino give a better performance than he did here, as he portrayed Michael's passage from a civilian, as his brother calls him, to a warlord, from an innocent young idealist to a ruthless killer. Given the length of time that Pacino is on screen, I am surprised that he was only nominated for Best Supporting Actor rather than Best Actor. It would be interesting to speculate who might have won if he and Brando had been in competition for the award. I am even more surprised that Pacino did not win his Best Supporting Actor, Joel Gray's role in Cabaret, which did win, is more showy and a technical tour de force, but it lacks the emotional depth of Pacino's performance. I also greatly admired James Caan's role as the hot-headed Sonny.